Hey, it's Tessa. Welcome. This podcast is for all the people. It's fascinating times right now with the constant declarations of emergency over COVID-19 or coronavirus or the name du jour for this pandemic. And yesterday I went to Costco to run some just normal, basic, you know, bi-monthly Costco errands. And I was shocked, even though I shouldn't be. I knew people were going to panic. I knew people were panicking. But to see it up close was strange. Not only were the lines throughout the store, like the line went from the register halfway through the store when I was there to check out. They moved very quickly, so everything was running efficiently. But the cashier told me that earlier in the day, around 3 p.m., the lines were all the way to the back of the store. And that kind of panic where we have empty shelves and everyone buying things for end of days is... It's weird. It's weird to watch people panic. Especially when you're someone like me who isn't really prone to panic. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, a t- teacher who was my English teacher wrote in my yearbook, when all the chickens are losing their heads, you're the calm one. And I didn't really understand it because I didn't understand American idioms at the time. And I'm still not the best in American idioms. But I also didn't see myself back then as just the calm one in the middle of craziness. But I felt it last night when I was at Costco because I wanted to laugh hysterically. And I did at times because it's just weird to see, you know, someone thinking that if I buy 15 boxes of miso glazed frozen salmon, I am prepared. Which makes me think most of these people who are stocking up are people who just don't normally cook. Because everybody I know who is a cook and granted having a life partner who's a chef... Most of our friends are people who enjoy cooking and are extremely great cooks. So people like us always have a bunch of ingredients on hand because we can throw a dinner party in a heartbeat. And we cook for ourselves and we cook dinner. And if you're a couple like we are, you grow a lot of food, which makes this stockpiling stuff very strange. But anyway, when I was watching this panic, and I started seeing headlines about grocers that were limiting purchases, not only in the U.S., but, you know, in the U.K. and other places, and all the photos of lines around the block at at Trader Joe's in New York City, and empty shelves in, you know, Erebru in Sweden because people were buying toilet paper, it makes you think about kindness, And I noticed this headline in a Texas paper today, or it was online, so I don't know if we would call it a headline. But anyway, I noticed this public pronouncement from a Texas-based grocer that asked people to think about their neighbor. You know, think about your neighbor before you're buying 15 gallons of milk or what have you. Or I'm assuming they actually meant stop buying all the toilet paper. So everybody should probably be buying stock in timber because I'm guessing toilet papers are made from timber pulp. I don't know. 
Anyway, whatever toilet paper is made from, people should be buying stock in that. Not that I have any financial advice. I'm just saying it um, to say it. So let's move away from that before I end up down a deep, dark hole. But back to this grocer. You know, that advice is just like basic kindness. And why do we have to be reminded of it? Why do we have to, have we reached that point in society where we have to remind each other to be kind? Or do we innately want to be kind to each other? I'd like to think that people want to be treated with kindness because, and want to treat others with kindness because that's how they themselves want to be treated. But I can't talk about how other people are, but I can talk about how I am personally drawn to kindness. I think people flourish and people will surprise you when you react with kindness. You know, I think some people think my view of positive reinforcement all the time is naive, but I, I've only seen it in positive ways. I've only seen people react in positive ways. I've only seen people become better at what they do or kinder or more vulnerable in the sense that they open up more because they know it's a safe space if you're only going to respond in kind and positive ways. And, you know, maybe sometimes it won't work out as planned for me because I see everything. I see the good in everything. Even in a horrible, horrible situation, I'm that person who's going to see the one little tiny speck of hope or the one way it turns out to be a good situation. And I focus on that good. And I will focus on that good until it becomes what is necessary from that situation. And I like to make my decisions from the same place, right? Like, I want to make personal decisions and I want to make business decisions based on reacting from a place of kindness, reacting from a place of good, so that the way I am treating others and the way others then that take my advice move forward treats people with goodness and kindness. Because when you are good to your community and you are good to your business partners and you are good to your people you have client relations with, they are in turn good to you. Maybe it's like trickle-down economy, even though that's also a horrible phrase. But, you know, good begets good. I think if you have somebody who's nice to you, you feel it. And you notice it when that one person gives you a compliment during a day. And it helps you react better to the next person in line or the next person you encounter or the next person you meet or the next meeting you have. And, you know, I think there's there's so many quotes about goodness and kindness and reacting with goodness and kindness. And you know, I think the go-to is always, if you can be anything in this world, be kind. And I think it goes back to that idea of how do you want to be treated? My guess is you probably want to be treated well and you want people to be good to you and you want people to be kind to you. Don't you think that you get that in return when you are that way to somebody else? At least that's how I view it. This week, I think we've seen, you know, we see this, talk, just talked about the grocer who asked people to be kind. But, you know, we've also seen a lot of kindness. I'm thinking of Amazon who asked its employees or decreed, I think it was the word they may have used, that its employees stay home in Seattle, an epicenter for this pandemic. 
and they asked their employees to stay home and work from home. They realized, they being Amazon, that that would have a fallout for restaurants and bars and food trucks who their employees would frequent if they came into the office. And since they weren't coming into the office, those restaurants and bars and food trucks were losing revenue. As a result, Amazon decides to create a fund to help those restaurants, bars, and food trucks. You know, that's really, it's proactive thinking. It's acting from a place of kindness. And it's a corporate entity. I think it's number four or five in the Fortune 500 being good to its community. And when you're good to your community, the community is good to you. I don't think the shock of people not being kind to each other is new to this pandemic. And I don't think it's new to social media. I think there have always been nice people and there's always been people who are not nice. And there's always been people who have integrity and people who don't have integrity. There's this column from 2011 written by the great Dan Levy that he writes about kindness and an event that happened in his life and how kindness helped him on a certain day and how he has seen kindness be transformative and how it can be more transformative than we even think. I am naturally a positive person. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's just like innate in me. But you know, in 2018, I noticed the harder I worked and the more businesses I built, I noticed there were cracks when I responded to people in my personal life who, when my buttons were pushed. And I wanted to figure out how do I ensure that my responses to them, even when you know, your insides are screaming to lash out. How do I prevent that from happening? Mostly because I think lashing out or being angry or upset with anybody is just an inefficient use of my time. I think that's the best way to say it. I would call it inefficient because I'd rather spend my time seeing the good in the situation. And if there's a situation, I'm going to see the good in it. So that's why I decided. I decided that I was going to choose to react from a place where I thought no matter who was saying or doing anything to or toward me, that I was going to see that situation in the most favorable possible light ever. And I continue to hold that view that people, that people should be viewed from the most favorable light possible. And sometimes it's takes time. Sometimes it takes a pause to get there. And sometimes like this week, I learned it doesn't always work to make people happy, which I'm looking for the positive place in that. Finding a way to make a group of people happy isn't the easiest. Finding a way to make most of them happy is easier. It's hardest, I think, when there are a lot of emotions around it. And I'm not a person who I would call emotional. At least I don't think people would describe me as emotional. I like to live in a bubble where it pretty much just exists happiness and love and 
anything else I that people might deem a negative element, like for me, I'm going to view it in terms of happiness and love. Even if somebody were to otherwise label it as sadness, I'm going to find the happiness and the love in that situation. I think my life partner would tell you just that I'm a Jedi who's an extremely focused person and wants everyone to move forward successfully without inefficiencies and in the best possible way. By the way, I was a deer in the fucking headlights and this week because emotions propped up into the middle of a business situation and oh my god I, I was at a loss how do I deal with that how do I make everyone feel how do I as a person who believes my role as a business person is to make everyone who interacts with the business especially a business in the arena of you know social responsibility and social impact where it is about exactly that and making the world a better place and thinking about the betterment of something bigger than just yourself so how do you get there how do you run a business without emotions but still allowing the business to evoke emotions right like that's really hard and i maybe it's that you don't allow how do you allow it not to get personal the emotions when you want a business to evoke emotions especially when you want your business to feel and the people who interact with your business to feel invested you want them to feel protected you want them to feel secure you want them to feel like it's a good situation you want them to feel that everybody's acting from the highest level of kindness and that everybody's winning and it's a challenge and it's a challenge where i think you learn that you see the best in everyone when everyone is doing what is best for them and everyone is different and that is great and i think the best thing to realize is how do you put the highest and best use to each person and sometimes that means some people don't interact with each other and that's okay because you want everyone to be at their highest and best use that would be like me trying to interact with somebody who is highly charged emotional person i'm not the best person for that you know if somebody is highly emotional not the best person if that highly emotional person just wants to vent i can listen for hours not a problem but if i'm trying to negotiate with a highly emotional person time is only is my best element not bringing other emotions into it so doing the best for the greater good of the business sometimes turns out that's not what's best for you right so when you're the person trying to react from goodness and kindness and seeing things in positive and trying to ensure that people who are around your business feel supported and like they're winning and that this is the greatest amount of success and how do you protect and nurture that success in a situation that has taken a very personal turn it is back to that everybody's different you just have to put every make sure that everyone is living up to their highest and best use 
And I think that's what every business wants in the end. And it doesn't matter if an emotional situation happened or not. You want to make sure that everyone's skill set is shining. Because everyone is different. Or as my grandmother would say, which is a loosely Swedish way of saying everybody's different. But I think you have to make those, those differences your strengths. Because those differences are what make you interesting, are what make your business a success, because you don't want everyone to have the same opinion. You want people to think differently. So let's talk about that, back to that column I was talking about earlier from Dan Levy. He was writing about a very stressful time in his life and how kindness helped him and how it's not business related, but here are his words. It's, you know, it's sweet and clever and funny as one would expect. He was in a bad place. I'll set it up. He was in a bad, bad place mentally thinking through some things that were bothering him, walking home from a grocery store. And now here are his words. Before I could throw the rest of my bags on the ground and fling myself into a full-blown public tantrum, I heard a voice. Just breathe, baby. Just breathe. I looked up to discover a woman smiling at me from across the street. It was clear that she was homeless. I love you, baby. Just breathe. It was a stranger comforting me in a moment when I needed comfort the most, a moment where I was at my lowest, and someone who had nothing gave me the only thing she could, compassion and kindness. It was all I was looking for. It was a moment that helped change my outlook on life and how I was conducting my own. You know, thinking about that and then the pandemic and people panicking, I started thinking to myself on my drive-in this morning, how did I end up the way I am? I did, couldn't come to an answer. I have no idea how I ended up to be the person who sees the good and has a knack of making sure everybody feels the best that they can be. But I do remember this remarkable moment when I was about six, seven, eight, five. I don't know. I was young. So one winter... We were celebrating Yule in Sala, Sweden, with my mormor and morfar. That's mother's mother and mother's father in Swedish, because they are very particular about how they label their grandparents in Sweden. And I was out shopping with my grandmother or my mom, and we were at this store called Dumas, which is roughly like a Target, but with an actual full grocery store in it. I was looking at candle holders. I remember vividly. They were white and ceramic you know, very Scandinavian in design because I was a pretentious, you know, six-year-old who was fascinated by tablescapes and setting the perfect dining table. Yes, as a six-year-old. I also asked for a napkin folding book, either that Christmas or for my next birthday. It's weird. It's just how I'm wired. I've learned to accept it. I also tried to convince my parents and my brother to dress for dinner when I was about that age. I failed miserably, it's safe to say, but I recall dressing for dinner myself because you know what? You do you, and you do it with purpose, and you do it with vigor. So I did. So my tablescape dinner dressing loving self was looking at candle holders in Dumas when a woman who I think Americans would describe as homeless, and I'll say being in small town Sweden at the time, I'll just say that she was more concerned about other things other than her appearance. 
So she walks up to me and says, you are an angel. And then she hugged me. Of course, she said in Swedish, I'm translating for you. But I remember standing there, staring at her, trying to process it mentally. And at the time, my blonde hair was, you know, very, very white blonde. And I've always had a face like a china doll. So I remember politely saying thank you. And I wished her a good day. But that has stayed with me. And it has stayed with me when other people in various parts of the world have said the exact same thing to me. And I think that has really permeated my psyche. You know, I didn't learn my optimism or my desire to act with kindness from my home life as a kid. Maybe from my grandmother. But I think more and more, it's just me. And so, having accepted that, that's just how I'm wired. I also think of it as, this kind of why I'm put here. I'm put here to make people feel better about themselves, about their situations, and to bring out their best. Like, to see them perform at their highest and best selves. Because I see the best in people, and what they can be, and what they can contribute, and how they can make something better and bigger and more successful. And you know what? When people believe in us and remind us that we are good and kind and that we can do amazing things, turns out amazing things actually happen. People perform at their highest and best. Business profits flourish when business leadership is diverse and it acts to support its employees and care for its community. And when you are kind to others, others are kind to you. Whether or not it's a business who's doing kind things and that draws in more customers, whether it's a person who is being kind to their lover and their lover ends up being even nicer to them. Whether you're being kinder to your sibling, you're being kinder to your dog, everything. Kindness brings back more kindness. And you know, I accept that everybody's not going to think like me. Because let's face it, it's unusual. And I'm okay with that. And I believe there's room for everyone. So be yourself. But let's all try to be our best selves. Whatever that may be, however you define it, think of your best self and then be better than that. I like to think that people who can't always see their way to a positive reaction, even in the most unfortunate situations, that deep, deep down, I like to think that they want to be the person who does react with kindness and reacts with positivity. Because you know what? It can change the world. And I really think that's what people want. They want that kindness and they want positive reactions to the, what they do. Even when it's horrible things. Because usually when people are doing bad things or mean things, horrible things, self-centered things, things that only immerse themselves, they're acting out in some way because they're missing that kindness or goodness or self-respect. And they just need someone to be that homeless woman across the street yelling, I love you, you got this, just breathe. So try it. I challenge you, try to react with only kindness and po a positive perspective to every situation, every single situation, whether you drop your groceries in the middle of the street, whether somebody's car, you know, clips your left corner paddle, whether you trip, whatever it might be, 
whether somebody does something totally out of character and you don't understand how to react, try to think of it from the best possible angle. Try for 24 hours. Then try it for 72 hours. Then a week. Then a month. And you'll see. You can be transformed by that kindness and positive outlook. It's going to make you feel a little better. And that will radiate. And that will make you more successful. And that will draw people to you. And that will draw business to you. Because you know, at the end of the night, we're the ones who have to be at peace with our thoughts and our actions. So why not do it with kindness? Why not know that when you're putting your head down on the pillow, you've done your best to be kind and good. So until next time, let's be kind to ourselves and to everyone else.